friends thank you so much for tuning in to pierre pressure podcast i really appreciate you clicking and listening this is a podcast where i interview musicians composers and artists about their process and about the intersection between politics and music and art that is the normal program for this podcast but today i'm doing something a little different and i interviewed a bunch of friends and acquaintances about their experience with the pandemic that we're all living through So if you listen to this episode, which is episode 23, and the previous one, 22, you will hear my interviews with people going through this very strange, very challenging, difficult time that we're all living through. In this episode, I talked to eight different people. Two of them are health care practitioners working directly with patients. One of them is a nurse practitioner. One is a doctor. I spoke to two people who have had COVID-19 and have recovered. I spoke to people living in different countries and I spoke to musicians and people with other jobs and occupations to see how they're coping, how this is affecting them. And just to sort of try to get some perspective on how we're all going through this really difficult time. Sometimes the tone gets a little jokey and funny. I'm not trying to make light of what is going on or of anyone's suffering or of anyone's sickness or death for sure, but I think we all have to laugh at what we can and try to continue to live and try to have some humor and some lightness in our life while being very aware of the seriousness of what what's going on and also being very respectful of those who are continuing to work and put themselves at risk. So I appreciate the healthcare workers and all the essential workers who are out there keeping us going. I also think there are some really positive things to be taken from this experience because of the fact that so few people are driving and taking airplanes right now. Pollution has gone way down. I heard it said somewhere that we're operating as if 30% of the world were driving electric cars and it's having a really positive effect on the earth. So I really hope we can take that as a study and go forward and make decisions about what kind of emissions we want to put out to this planet. I also think it's been really great to have a stripped down existence where people really have to concentrate on what's right in front of them I realize that's not always a fun choice for everyone but I think if we can all really appreciate all the necessities that we do have every day the food the family the friends the moments in life that make us happy all the things that we love to do that we're still able to do and some of the things that we're not able to do I think after this I really hope we can hang on to this feeling and just have some gratitude for the really basic essential things that it means to be a human being and alive on this planet while you have your time on this planet. So I want to really hang on to that stuff. I also think that we're operating in this country, in the United States, without any federal leadership. Our 
president and the people who work with him and for him have proven themselves to be completely unfit for a task like this, as we see from the briefings every day where Trump does this bizarre, surreal dog and pony show where he insults the press and tries to place the blame on everyone and avoid responsibility. So all the states, luckily, have taken it upon themselves to make decisions, make plans, sort things out, and move on and carry things forward. After we emerge from this, we're going to have an election where we need to get rid of Donald Trump and as many Republicans as possible. Um, Unfortunately, that means we have to vote for Joe Biden, but that's what's going on. So there's two people on the ballot, and it's a really simple choice. Get rid of Trump. I am sad that Bernie Sanders was not the candidate. He was my choice. But his platform and his campaign has pushed things in the right direction, and he will continue to influence politics as long as Democrats continue to gain power, which they will in the next election. Bernie's not going away. Elizabeth Warren's not going away. Andrew Yang, Beto O'Rourke, Stacey Abrams, those folks are still around. They're going to do stuff. So we need to give Democrats as much power as possible to try to really implement the change that we were all excited about. I feel like Joe Biden is the least interesting and the least exciting of all the candidates, but really his job is he has one job, and that's to win the election, to get get rid rid, rid, of Trump. And then he just has to stay alive for four years or whatever. So I think he can do that. And I think we all have to help him do that. Because another th- wonderful thing that will happen when Trump is out of office is that all his lawsuits will, pa- will catch up to him. And hopefully he will have to do some jail time and lose his financial holdings. And, and all of his crooked family members and acquaintances and associates will also have to atone for the nonsense and corruption that they've been foisting upon the American people. So that's good news. So the intro music for this show is my acoustic version of Merchandise by Fugazi. I decided to do a little home recording acoustic guitar version of it just to sort of like go with what's happening right now where everybody's, you know, working from home and entertaining from home and recording from home. I do a lot of home recording and I have lots of instruments, but I like the the vibe of this little acoustic jam with the little bongo drums. So that's merchandise for you in the background. At the end of this episode, I'm playing a song called Four Senses on Alert, which is a song I wrote a long time ago about a robot who comes to Earth and only has four senses, does not have a sense of smell because he doesn't want to smell humanity. And it's a song about all the diseases that humans catch and that a robot cannot catch because it's a robot. It's a little eerie that I wrote this song many years ago about a robot without a sense of smell, avoiding disease, since right now one of the symptoms that people have when they get coronavirus is they lose their sense of smell. So at the end of the episode, check out Four Senses on Alert. I'm peppering some of my favorite coronavirus-related songs throughout this episode again i mean no disrespect to anyone who's going through hard times i just think music and laughter are two things we can hang on to right now so i spoke to eight people during this episode i talked to spider who i also had spoken to in episode 22 i speak to my friend daria my friend sid who's a public defender in new york city my sister genevieve my good friend Izzy, from also from the previous episode. My mother-in-law, Wendy, 
and my good friend Jonathan, who's a doctor. So all of those people are in this episode. Please enjoy part two of Peer Pressure Pandemic. Uh, you're the first, first revisiting. re-interview. Re-interview, okay. yeah. So, how have you been? It's been interesting, man. Mm. To say the least. I mean, nobody. I, I don't think anyone foresaw. Nobody saw this coming. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <sighs> Jesus. And how were? How's your father? How are Chelsea's folks? The old. Well, my father seems good. He's really socially uh, distancing. He's in France. And in France, they have really intense um, enforcement going on on, from the police. So to Uh go out of your house, you you have to fill out paperwork, which you then have to carry with you. Wow. It says where you're going and why. It's really Uh intense. And if Uh you don't have like a good reason for being on the road, you can get it. A ticket for 125 okay. euros. So they're really enforcing it. They're enforcing okay. it on a legal statewide level in France. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. I don't think French people, I don't think Americans would, clearly would not put up with that. Like there's no way. Yeah, to, I can't, yeah. You know, I just don't see that mm-hmm. happening here. Um, I think people are going to start bucking what they're already being asked to do yeah, or Americans, not do now, like pretty soon. Yeah. Americans are not collective minded and they're not right. Um, used to, they don't have any interest in right being told what to do by the state. What about you? What's happening? So I'm healthy again. Um, I'm uh, yeah, no, I'm totally back to normal. It was, it was very mild. Lizzie probably had it too. And it was even milder for her. Um, so that's cool. So you're, you have immunity. I think so. I think so. You have the golden um, brick. Yeah, I want, like, I want them to start test. Like, what I think they should do is start testing people for antibodies, and then if you are immune, you get like a badge or a pin, exactly. or maybe like a, an armband with yeah. a yellow star on it or something. <laughs> yellow um, star of David. Yeah, exactly. Or pink star. Yeah. Um, I know. And no, and you know, I mean, no, ideally, it, and those folks should get liberty, you know, to do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and everyone else should actually be under like more rigid, stringent, you yeah. know, more stringent requirements, but they should get, you know, the support that they need to kind of live that way. Yeah. Um, you know, um, or, you know, you can imagine like in at work, you know, like the immune people all work and then the non-immune people should maybe just be on a rotating schedule to kind of minimize their exposure or something right. like that. You know, you, and you, everyone you should be to... getting tested constantly. So you have this, exactly. there's three status, stati. you're either immune because you've had it, you haven't right. had it or you have it now actively. So it's like, there's three yeah. ways to be. And like, I guess, you know, the best way is what you are. You are, yeah. you are immune. Wanna, you've had it. And yeah. that, and I, exactly. And I think that status should be called has immunity to virus HIV. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> there's a ween song that, you know, is perfect for that. HIV. Is there, they have, a, they have a song about AIDS. They do. They have a song about HIV. What is it? Has immunity to the virus, HIV. Yeah. HIV. HIV. I mean, so you're HIV proud. Positive. You're like, HIV yeah. and proud. 
It's the best news I got all week. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Okay, so. so HIV is like the best way to be, and then HIV <laughs> exactly. is the best way to be. Somebody needs to yeah. write a jingle for that. Right. And then the other one aren't is... Aren't you jealous of me? Yeah. Aren't you jealous of me? And then there's not... Haven't been infected yet. Right. And then there's currently and then walking there's current infection yeah current infection well also and that i think the other part of it there needs to be like massive testing like really oh yeah easy fast testing and that's the only way yeah. to get out of this well, but i want to yeah, know we'll, we'll have it as soon as we don't need it anymore you know right right i want to know what it was like like what was the what was this illness like for you what was the experience of it it was vi- like like physically yeah or like okay it was it whatever. was like physically. Spiritually, it was like, I don't care whatever realm you want to. <laughs> I was kind of so. I physically, it was like a little bit worse than a cold. It was, you know, I had a sore throat. I was kind of tired. You know, I was a little surly. Like okay. at work, I was kind of impatient with people and kind of annoyed. Probably because, like, unconsciously, I knew I had the vid, but was sort of pr- pretending Did I didn't. Call it the vid. The vid. That's yeah, what cool yeah, people I, are calling it. The vid. I'm not, I, that's that's what I call the it. The vid. I'm I'm trying to yeah maybe it'll catch on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the vid. Hashtag um, the vid. Did the you vid. get it? <laughs> and you know I had a fever for a day. I was never terribly sick, but I was just kind of dragging, you know. Um, and then I kind of. Oh, 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 the one weird thing. I lost my sense of taste and smell. Yeah. Uh, which is now coming back. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, so, and the, yeah. the problem is the, the <laughs> thing I worry about is that it's so mild for a lot of people that yeah. it makes it, um, less urgent, less, you know, less worrisome. And so people are thinking, well, this is not a big deal. Right. And like, I was I, like, I think I kind of drove, like, I think I was, it was very upsetting. Like I was very kind of casual about it just because the news at the time and also, you know, like the flu kills old people, but you know, I'm a healthy 47 year old. Uh, you know, if I get the flu, sort of, it's very, it sucks, but it's not going to kill me, you know? So I was very casual about it. I think my mother like lost sleep, you know, like worrying about me, like when she knew that I was sick, you know, because like she uh, and kind of looking back, I was too casual about it because it is it's a new disease. I have no immunity and plenty of young people have gotten very sick and so, died and died. Yeah, yeah, I know. So but how does that but, happen? Why? What is that? Like, I don't understand you know, they, why it they, affects yeah. some people so much more than some others. I don't get it. They don't they don't really know enough about it yet. Um, you know, with the flu. It's the virus itself and the immune response kind of goes into this sort of cascade that ends up mainly causing uh, respiratory failure. You just can't breathe. That's why the ventilators are sort of the central thing. Yeah. Because, you know, what happens, you know, what happens differently with this disease? I, I haven't really been following. I'm not sure kind of what's published about it yet. But um, whatever it is, basically your lungs fill up with fluid uh, and then you can't breathe and that's uh not really compatible with being alive yeah so um wow but uh i mean and the other thing you know at at the time 
I thought it was inevitable that I was going to get it. You know, I'm in a nursing home that already had a couple of cases. They it now like I mean, there's dozens. I don't know if they have a hundred cases, but they have a lot of COVID God. patients and are people now. dying from it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, it's at grim your and nursing surreal home. at work at my nursing home. And I mean, you're so, not back. You're not going back to work. Oh, I'm back to work already. Oh, I you are week. because yes. you've got the golden. Brick, so you I was, can go yeah, back. I was, yeah, I was out for seven days. What? Um, I thought fourteen was, days well, was the was well, the, ah, the but they fuck? had different different rules for healthcare providers, which is the worst way to do it, because wow. the healthcare providers are the one we're the ones who are transmitting it to everybody. Um, but right, so if you were right, regular people fourteen days, healthcare providers go back to work after seven days of no symptoms i think they might have even now changed it to three days but here's the thing if you have a regular flu and you are feeling better and don't have a fever for 24 hours typically you can go back to work you're not considered infectious so like I actually don't think I think going back after seven days is fine. Okay. I really don't think I'm infectious at that point. Right. You know the thing the thing that we all missed was the you know being infectious early you know early in the course maybe before you're feeling sick at all you know that's I think right that's been the bad part right so but, after uh, is the, the safest yeah. way to be like post yeah huh interesting oh, that's yeah. amazing um. But yeah, so I'm back at work. Uh, and you're I'm going out after be... work, like to dance clubs and stuff, like virtual oh, hell yeah. dance clubs. Oh, yeah. exactly. No, yeah. no, real ones. There's a whole. Where it's uh... all just people with that are immune. Exactly. The, the immune swinging scene is like on fire right now in New York. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's great. I'm so glad. So silver lining. What do you think is the um, exit strategy for this? Tra- this uh just, apocalypse i mean on the on the like the medical side is i just think just like ha- getting back just, to normal for humans is what i'm asking oh i have no fucking idea yeah because you know like the medical side i have a bit of a grip on and it's, it's just yeah. going to be time you know yeah. it's just going to be time a lot of people are going to die yeah. but it's just going to be a lot of time um but like socially, I mean, I think what's happening kind of economically or whatever is going to be just insane. We haven't even started to think about that yet. Yeah. Um, that is that I think that's what's going to change people's lives in a major, right. major way really soon. That's, you yeah. know. Yeah. But uh, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And I mean, the funny thing is, like, I actually like having gotten back to work emotionally, like I feel really good because I actually can do something. Yeah. Um, I actually feel very lucky. Yeah. I get to go out and ride my bike to work every day. Yeah. Um, I actually get to do stuff like the, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy at work. Yeah. It is very challenging and it's very stressful, yeah. but I actually feel like I get to like do well by my patients and families. Yeah. Um, so like You're that's kind of a case, good feeling. Really. Great. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like I've worked with sick and dying people for 20 years. So I actually feel like I have kind of the skills to, you know, like I have good things to bring to bear on this, you that's know? Great. Um, that's great. Oh, good uh, for you, man. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. I'm looking forward to the time when we can 
actually see one another. Yeah, like, maybe we'll play tennis and we'll like rub our, you know, spittle all over the tennis ball just because we can. <laughs> just because we can. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Every night a body should relax After all the wear and tear Get that oxygen your body lacks Get it in the open air Go and find a little rendezvous Underneath the starry Hi, Pierre. Hi, Daria. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Finally getting yeah. you on my podcast. Yay! The pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. How are you doing? Are you gardening a lot? That's that's kind of what I'm doing to keep myself busy. One of the things. Gardening. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking. So you're a musician, <laughs> obviously, yeah. and you have all your live music gigs have been canceled for the for the foreseeable future have you been doing any of the um like online concerts that stuff um i'm not not really a solo performer right i mean as you know i'm more of a bass player you know it's yeah but you're a ukulele player singer front person too true true i mean i don't know i think i haven't felt as motivated Right. To play music, maybe because it's often something I do in a group. Of I'm course. not accustomed to doing it solo. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, at first, um, this was almost a relief, like right. having all this time. Because also as a musician, I'm a person who wor- works like three jobs. Sure. Of, you know, I work at a restaurant, I, I teach a couple days a week. And then I play every gig that comes my way. And so I'm, I'm exhausted yeah. most of the time. So I'm working six days a week. And then, you know, I, I have no time to myself to do any of this gardening, cooking, right. cleaning, you know. And so at first I was like, oh, my God, this could be actually a good thing for me. I mean, that said, it's like <laughs> I'm also very, very anxious about, right. you know, how, what's going to happen yeah. um, financially. Right. Um, it's hard to enjoy your all this new free time when when you're worried about how you're going to make money in the future. What what's going to even yeah what's yeah yeah it's tr- it's tricky. But there are some ways to there are some ways to get like help from you can get unemployment. You can get. I mean, I don't. I think everybody. Even yeah. If you're a sole you're a sole proprietor, you you basically are in business for yourself. There are ways yeah. to get help. Yeah, no, the thing is, it's really tricky for me because is there I have three different ways of making money. Right. Right? And they're all about, like, sort of equal portions yeah. of my income. So if I was to, like, get unemployment based on any one of those... It's not very much. It's not going to be very much. I know. So it's like, do I have to choose which part of my income I get unemployment from? What, I mean, I've already applied for SNAP, and I'm hopefully going to get that soon. Um, also, I'm, I'm super lucky. My landlord has been amazingly cool about all of this mm. um he basically said you know give me some money for the expenses associated with the house this month don't worry about rent that's month. great that's really cool but that's he's also 
Well, he's also a musician and a bartender. Yep. yep. So, you know, he's out of work too. He knows exactly how this feels. It also, this whole thing is just proof. I'm not the only person that has, is in this situation. There's millions of people um, that are in this situation and everybody's going through it. And it's just proof that our economic system isn't working for the vast majority of people. It's not, our government really isn't helping or federal government that is yeah. with all the things that they're, they're really supposed to do. That's what they're there for. Yeah. They're, they're there to prevent, like not prevent, prevent catastrophes because they can't do it, but prevent people from suffering unnecessarily Yeah, when things like this happen. I know um, you look around at the way they're handling it in other countries. Most like, European countries are just paying people to keep their jobs instead of laying everyone off. So they're, they're getting basically paid leave, which seems a lot more efficient because then when the economy gets back to speed, then all those people can just go back to work. They don't have to start all over. And a lot of those businesses can stay open. Whereas here, I don't know. I'm terrified that Barbez is going to close. I don't know what's going on with Barbez. I know. It's our favorite club. One of our favorite clubs that we play that all the time. Also one of my monthly gigs you i know? know it's a oh. not that i you know usually make a huge amount of money off of it but I, I also it's a it's a great venue for you know i've gotten a lot of gigs from that right exactly weddings and things and, you know it's a, it's a it keeps it's a sustaining we'll see oh i was gonna say you know one way you and i are so lucky right now is that we have all this outdoor space exactly we live in places with low population density density i mean um and you know a lot of the population around here is pretty dense (laughs) it's a a different kind of density oh yeah that's a different kind yeah but yeah um Um, but you're right it's so great to be up in like the kind of in a rural area and have all this space i just went for a big walk in the forest with the kids it's nice yeah, I mean... Do you know I, anybody I, who's been affected by the virus? Infected, I should say. Yes, yeah. Like, I know at least three musicians in the city who have had it. Yeah. Um, and gone through it, um, are still going through it. But in, in a way, you're kind of envious if they're okay. Like, I know a few people like that, too. And now they're immune. Now they have immunity. Right. <laughs> this right. magical thing that everyone wants. It's wild. Right. So after they go through it, if they're okay, it's super scary. But then, and then some people don't, aren't okay, which is sad. Like the yeah. guy from Fountains of Wayne, Schlesinger. Ugh. That was so sad. So, sad. so bummed about that. Me too. Oh yeah, my friend, my friend Steve Antonakis as well. Did he die? He died. Oh yeah. my God, really? Oh wow, sorry to hear that. Musician? Yeah, you know. Yeah. How old? Like, well-known guitar player. I, I think he was. Right around 60, maybe 62. They had a very interesting segment with a doctor um, on Brian Lehrer's show this morning saying that a lot of it has to do with maybe viral load, which means how much of the virus you are exposed to and and you get into your system. Hmm. Um, So that could have a lot to do with it. And so you get like a big giant dose of it and your body's like overwhelmed. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. And, and if you have just a little bit, maybe your body can fight it off a little better. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm looking forward to playing again. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do that Fountains of Wayne cover that we did. 
Oh um, yeah, Hackensack. remember Hackensack? I love that song so much. I did one with the Wine Off Sisters over Christmas. We did a Valley Winter song as well. I mean, the other thing, the reason I'm, I feel lucky is my neighbors on either side are fun. I get, you know, are nice, and I get to talk to them from the yard. I know. My good friend Vivica lives directly behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go to each other's yards and hang out six feet apart. Yeah. I had friends come over and like stand across the yard and hang out. That's and pretty that's nice. Social that helps. You know? Yeah, that really helps. It really does help just to even be able to see people. I know. You know? Hang in there. Yeah. Thanks for talking. Thanks, Pierre. You too. All right. Good to talk to you. All right. Bye. Sid, you're a public defender in New York City. Um, tell yeah. me how it's been lately with this um, coronavirus situation. Um, so we've we've been fully remote for about a week now. Um, arraignments moved remote, so arraignments that is like the first time people see judges after they're arrested. That's been about two weeks. Um, so arraignments are remote now, so you see them. So the how does that work? So we 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 meet our clients over um, essentially Skype, and um, then are they in jail um, when they're when that happens? Yeah. So it started. It kind of like originally it was we'd go in, you know, as we always did, meet with our clients in um, sort of booths, yeah, face to face, but um, you know in the Bronx were behind plexiglass right. and then um, talk to them, then go into the courtroom and they just had like a big TV screen in the courtroom. And so um, our clients would never be brought in, never get to, you know, sort of really be involved in the process, which was tough. Um, mm. But sort of, you know, still in, in some ways, I guess a little, um, I don't know if it's better. It's hard to say. As soon as you start removing people from the equation and, you know, the more sort of distance there is, I feel like the more it's the easier it is for somebody to forget like a judge or a DA to forget that they are dealing with humans. So I think it's a problem in that way, but you know, it's sort of, you know, there's no, there's no really at this point other options to make it, um, safe and sustainable for everyone. So I've only done these for writs. So we're doing um, sort of mass writs and individual writs to get our clients out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still allowed. A lot of other, you know, the majority of court activity is just totally suspended. So you oh. can't file motions. You can't file any non-essential paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really do anything um, unless it's related to an incarcerated client, unless it's deemed sort of essential, which are basically just bail applications and writs, Hmm. you know, um, there's some, you know, some other things like advancing cases because you have a disposition that would get somebody out. Um, 
sort of it's very limited but. are judges being um more lenient now or are they trying to keep people out of because i heard you know they're trying to keep people out of jail or trying to release some people because it's dangerous right and in the situation for their health in prison is not good right i think it just sort of heightens the sort of levels that we're already at you know there are those judges um and da's who are compassionate and sort mm-hmm. of see people as humans who are accused of crimes or maybe just as humans have committed crimes but either way sort mm. of see the humanity in it and there are those that don't so i think there's been some really great things happening with some judges and da's and you know some really sort of terrible and disappointing things as well i think it's just wow. everything's the you stakes know, are higher for everyone the stakes are higher and you see the um you know it's you kind of see everybody's personalities come out a little bit more. Yeah. I heard that um, they're trying to, um, trying to keep, get some people released who are kind of in for smaller offenses and stuff. Is that, have you heard about that? Is that happening? Yeah. Yeah. I've had um, some clients who had already taken pleas um, who were, um, release you know essentially their sentences were shortened Mm. um and some of i think the some of them sort of it's it's sort of unclear as to what's happening with some some were just had their sentences commuted to others are in sort of work release ish programs which i don't really know sort of what the parameters are going to be but um Right, because that's tricky to administer now. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, and and these were sort of based on programs that were underutilized in the first place, so it's not really clear that they would even work when everything was fully functioning or how they would work. Um, So. But you're busy. Like, you're working every day and stuff. Like, you're doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's harder. There's a lot of sort of IT issues, and you spend a lot more time like it's harder to get yeah uh, everything it really sucks doing all your business through zoom doing all your stuff on it's just not that great of a way to communicate with people i can't wait till we can be in rooms with each other again i know yeah (laughs) it's uh you know yeah everything takes longer everything's harder so it's you know i wouldn't say i think we're accomplishing less but not not working anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah right exactly no i um yeah we're we're fine you know knock on wood as yeah. far as we know nothing happened it, you know it was a little i think a little freaky early on because we just knew you know jails are just sort of the worst place to sort of be in contact and you've with, only so. been out for a week you've only been not you've been isolating for a week is that right uh, I think about two weeks. Oh, two weeks. I okay. mean, as far as like not going to work. Yeah, yeah. And some people were stopped coming in earlier. I just had to go in and do my shifts. So, so like, if you haven't, if you've been pretty clear, like carefully isolating for a couple of weeks, then you're you're probably good. You're in the clear at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's the hope. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even then, it's you know, there's some. You know, I'm not sure. Is it? Was it? Like it feels, you know, I'm not sure it was any more dangerous than anybody who's doing any work right now, you know, because um, when I'm meeting people is 
when they're coming off the streets, not when they've generally been, you know, they're not coming from Rikers, which I feel like is a yeah. scary. Yeah. You know, I see. Places. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see, I'm thinking June, July, August. I don't. God. Really? That's what yeah. you think? I mean, you know, there may be some things that sort of are loosened earlier, but I mean, it sure as hell doesn't feel like it's going to be. Anytime soon. Anytime Unless they soon. find a vaccine, which is kind of fat chance. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really cool what you're doing. and um, It's important, you know, yeah. fighting the good fight. Yeah, it's great that, you know, this city and, and some prosecutors kind of did this one-off thing where they, you know, let some people out out of sheer necessity but at the same time you know our, our inmate population and doc custody had been going down drastically because of uh legislation around bail reform and so they'd actually cleared out a whole facility within rikers as a result of that and hmm. some other reforms um which is now being used to um house people who have tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, wow. So it's like great that they had this one-off thing, but meanwhile, what's going on behind the scenes is um, this great legislation that it was actually emptying the jails and making this less of a dangerous place um, is being undermined and was undermined actually in the state budget. So they sort of conservative legislators and the governor and, um, prosecutors were able to slip into the state budget um some things that undermine bail reform so the reason recently the are, yeah just a few days ago so so but, okay but not, yeah not in the midst of the crisis they're sort of just kind of snuck it in using there. this and sneaking it into a budget bill which obviously nobody wants to vote against why um, and, why why are they sneaking i don't understand how how, how how are they having a political capitalist sneak something like that in now? Doesn't that do yeah, the opposite I mean, of what it's supposed to do? Yeah, it's baffling. Um, and, you know, there's there's other plenty of other sort of opportunities to do these things. I mean, upstate prisons are, you know, if, if the governor was serious about, you know, protecting prisoners from this, they're, you know, all of these prisoners who are being... Um, held in on technical parole violations so we're talking about guys who are you know you know miss curfews and you know mm, just right. really minor things not you yeah. know and if they committed new crimes it's like shoplifting or something minor and so they're being brought in and held on rikers again and they're Jesus. generally tend to skew older and more vulnerable and so those people you know they could just have their sentences commuted by the governor and those people are, you know, they're the highest risk. They're there for sort of the pettiest of reasons. So there's all this great stuff going on, but I think, you know, those sort of one-off moves can skew the the image of what's actually happening, which is sort of business as usual. Yeah. And um, in fact, using this moment of crisis to sort of undermine some really progressive, positive changes. I mean, it's just, it's odd. There's like, you know, there's good things happening 
and there's really terrible things happening and it's just amidst the chaos you know i don't think undermining bail reform is a thing that it's on a lot of people's minds right right Um, but you can make headlines by you know you know some sort of one-off things if you get the long-run return as you can sneak in some changes that you know are a part of your agenda anyway so it's this dangerous sort of thing to say well you know it's it's great there are good things happening yes there are great things happening um, but it's in the midst of some pretty um dark and regressive changes i appreciate that perspective and keeping an eye on it well i know you know there are a lot of people you know all of the public defender offices and a lot of activists involved in fighting it it was less bad than we thought it was going to be but it you know it's still it's still taking advantage of the moment to do something that's both harmful in the moment and in the long run well keep up the good work cool man Um, have a good one all right I'll see you soon. Right, see, see you one of these Bye. days. Bye. fire i'm still in the fire i know feeling pretty crappy um well i feel like a little stronger today but my chest still hurts yeah i got you know officially got my covid positive results even though you did i knew yeah oh wow when did you get yesterday today uh they called yesterday but i didn't answer and they called me today Wow. But I already knew that. Where did you get tested? At the urgent care I went to. Oh, so they did do a test. So they had a test at the urgent care. Yeah, it was weird. That's interesting because I I heard it was really hard to get tests. So you walked in and this is in Brooklyn? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, what's interesting is that, you know, three people in our house had it. And my experience is different than theirs, you know? Yeah. Yours has lasted longer. Well, I also had like a relapse, which was weird. Wow. So how did it go? You had it for like three days and you had fever and then kind of went away or what? (coughs) Um, So what happened? I got sick like Thursday night, started feeling sick and then had chills all night. And then Friday day, all day had fevers. I felt like a train had hit me. 
Yeah. I just felt like, you know, you had the flu. And then that lasted for about 24 hours. And then um, you just take Tylenol and it kind of helps the fever go away. And then that lasted, like I said, probably about 24 hours. And then started to feel a little bit better on the weekend, but just super weak and super tired. You can't smell, you can't taste anything. So weird. And then just feeling super tired and listless and just icky, like just crappy. It's hard to describe because you just feel like a train hit you. Mm. But no more fevers. And then on Thursday, I started feeling um, like chest pains and just kind of congestion and short, not shortness of breath, but like tightness of breathing a little bit. Yeah. And, um, still super tired. And then Friday I went to urgent care cause I started feeling, you know, a little anxious. Why am I now yeah. having these symptoms when I thought maybe I was on the mend? And that's when they <clears> tested <throat> you? Yeah. So then they tested me and they said, well, your blood oxygen is fine. Your lungs sound clear, Okay. you know, go home. And if you will test you and go home and if you feel awful, if you feel worse or if you get short of breath or you can't breathe, go to the ER. Mm-hmm. And that's all they told me. Yeah. So that was last Friday. Yeah. And then just all weekend I started feeling worse. Like my chest stuff started like every time you breathe, it's this feeling of, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but growing up in California, when you'd breathe smog, yeah. like that sort of like, yeah, like if you breathe or oh. fiberglass feeling in your chest of like, oh, wow. like you want to just cough or after you like run for a really long time or after you swim for a really long time, like your lungs feel this weird, like, like sharp only way I can describe it, which be like, you feel like you have like fiberglass in your lungs. Yikes. I mean, not that I've ever had fiberglass in my lungs, but like, I remember this distinctly from growing up in California and I think it was the smog. There would be like smog like, alerts. I remember that. Yeah. Like yeah, sometimes there'd be, and you'd look out over the. Yeah. But when you breathe, it's just this like weird feeling and it just makes you want to cough. Oh. So then I would just be. I've been coughing a lot the last four days and <clears throat> excuse me. And every time I breathe in, like if I breathe, try and breathe really deeply, it's that feeling. Yeah. And then, so of course I was, you know, freaking out thinking like, great, I'm going to end up in the hospital and on a ventilator and it just, your mind goes yeah. somewhere very dark very quickly because as soon as you get the chest things, it's like, that's the end it feels like you know oh, man. um but then so i you know i talked to an on-call doctor i talked to our friend who's a doctor i've talked to friends who have friends who are doctors and they all say the same thing like just rest and if you feel like the shortness of breath you'll know then you go to the er and so then on um Saturday night, my fever came back a little bit. So I started freaking out even more and was kind of just here for like, you know, one little fever spell. And then I've just been resting ever since. And then um, today, but like that tightness in my chest, it just won't go away. It's still here. I'm just sort of like, it's my new little friend that I'm. 
but you feel a little with. bit better as far as but like you know i've had an appetite my sense of smell came back my oh, sense of good. taste is coming back so a lot um, of doctors have said that one of the toughest thing about this is that it makes everyone people so anxious and that anxiety yeah. one of the uh symptoms of anxiety is shortness of breath yeah feeling like your chest is not that yeah not that it sounds like you have mild symptoms of that that of lung what? thing that you know i mean if yeah I is mean, it possible it's... to have a mild version of it that's not I well i think it's mild because i'm not in the hospital you yeah. know it's yeah. like it's manageable and I'm not manageable. like ga- gasping for air. It just is super painful and uncomfortable and anxiety inducing. Cause every time you breathe, you're like, I can't take a deep breath comfortably. You Ugh, know, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. You got to like work on work on deep relaxation. Yeah. Do some meditation or something or some, or <coughs> watch a really boring show on TV you to sleep <laughs> i've been watching a lot of tv i recommend reading. the brady bunch that's what the kids <laughs> my kids are into these uh, days it's got to be one of the most boring shows ever made <laughs> i watched um i watched the hillary documentary yesterday oh how's that that sounds really stressful that's that's probably why you have shortness of breath dude that would make me want to go off jump off a cliff <laughs> i was i started reading michelle obama's book and i was like oh yeah this i can't do this it's too sad i can't do it too depressing uh-huh. you know oh, maybe i should pick that one up again <laughs> God. um so yeah so today yeah so today they called and gave me my you know my results my covid positive results and they just all say the same thing everyone says the same thing like rest don't go outside stay away from people don't you know if you can't breathe go to the er <laughs> You're going to be okay. And then we'll look back on this and think, that was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I, you know, I, I do remind myself how lucky I am, but if this is the extent of it, like, you know, we're very, I'm grateful. That's good. That's that a good way. way to look at it. It's like, I swear, it feels like hearing about our grandparents going through like World War II or something. I mean, not like, it's less, but it's it's a really insane thing that we're going through here, historically speaking, and yeah. personally speaking. And it just runs the gamut. Like some people have nothing, some people have sort of you know my version, and then some people end up in the hospital, and some people die, and it's just awful. And you're working with people. I mean, your work as I guess you're on hold now, but working in schools where people are having all kinds of trouble. Probably yeah. people are relying on schools for food and. Yep. Yeah. So. <sighs> That's rough. <laughs> um. Yeah. Hang in there. Thank you. Yo, what's going on, my man? How are you? What's up, Izzy? How are you? 
Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm good. I don't know about the rest of the world. <laughs> you, know? you uh, how are you, man? I'm fine. Did you manage to stay clear of the uh, the cove? Well, as far as I know, for right now, I mean, it's hard to tell. Like, I don't, I don't think I have it, and I have been very uh, protecting myself. Yeah. But this is kind of where it gets a little squirrely around this time of year that I have like bad allergies that I've developed. I've never right. had an allergy as a kid, but as an adult, I develop all these allergies. So normally around this time of year, especially with weather, like it's hot, it's cold, it's like breezy, but it's warm, whatever. Normally around this time of year, I suffer from like chest congestion, sneezing, coughing, yada, yada, yada. So maybe two, three nights ago, I'm not going to lie, I actually had a little bit of a scare because like I out of nowhere, like, I just got, like, you know, shaky and sneezy and wheezy and coffee and all that. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, here it fucking goes, here it goes. But then it lasted all of, like, three or four hours. Right. And I woke up the next day feeling perfectly fine. So okay. even if you just have, like, a common cough, you're going to now, because everybody's panicking and everybody's on just high alert, like, yes. you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, that to me is what's the most nerve-wracking. Exactly. Everyone's now. got so much anxiety around it. If, if you have the slightest... <laughs> Yeah, thing right. that normally happens to you, you're like, what's happening to me? What What is this? This is it. This is it. I've got it. Oh, my God. Right. Exactly. And then even, like, I've been taking these, like, really long walks. And usually in my normal life before all of this, I, I walk, like, 5, 10, maybe 15 miles a day to begin with. But I guess because I haven't been walking that much volume. Yesterday, I walked to the park to meet some friends. So we, we did, like, a six feet. It was one of my friends' birthdays, so we did a... Uh, six feet cheese and wine party yeah like every no one touched anybody no one touched anybody's shit everybody brought their own bottle of wine their own cheese their own meat, their own little place whatever. Nice. Yeah. and we went to the park we found this desolated area of prospect prospect park where there was nobody around and we all set up our blankets on the floor within like six feet from each other and we all just like you know it was fun we had music we played we chilled for like two about two hours that's and nice. I guess because I haven't been walking my normal, it was like, you know, a long, you know, it was like 13 miles, you know, combined. Wow. So I think that they're that, that, that put, putting my body through that because it's something that I used to do and I haven't done in four weeks for like a split second. I felt like I was having respiratory problems, right. like weird breathing issue. But again, it's all just normal shit. But because there's this hysteria going on now, yes. you know, you're starting you're like, oh, my God, fuck it. Do I have it? Am I going to yeah. die? You know? Yeah. And it's, yep. <laughs> I know that's a common thing. It, People are freaking out. You know. I know, I know. It's like, mm -hmm. you, you like are... even two nights ago, my wife she she started she had a little cough, and you know it was probably from you know smoking, you know. But and yeah. she was like freaking out. She's like, should I just go in the bedroom and lock the door and corner? I'm like, huh, you're fine. Chill out. You haven't gone anywhere. You haven't seen anybody. You haven't touched anything. We wipe all our groceries down. We wash our hands like 15,000 times a day. You know what I mean? But so. what's crazy is like I'm getting calls from all my family and friends like all around the world. Like French people are calling me because they're reading headlines about New York right. is the epicenter. And it's it's, it's real. Right. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's going off the charts right. right now. So people are worried. And so it's natural that you would be worried too. But you can't let yeah. panic overtake you. No, absolutely not. That's what I, that's the one thing that I've been trying to be very firm on. You still have to live, man. We're alive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I protect myself, but I'm still trying to like, you know, I mean, I can't go chill at the bars and go to shows and hang. I can't be like that about it, but I 
you know, oh, okay, the other day, my wife walked from here to Manhattan to her office to pick something up and walk back. I was like, 20 miles, you know what I mean? Like, just to stay That's good. healthy. You're a walking exercise. man. At what point will you personally feel like it's safe for you to get back into normal life? I mean, <laughs> like right now? <laughs> right now? No. No, 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 but that's you, honestly, like, I'm, I'm totally funny, but that's you, like, more like, I mean, I guess whenever they say it's okay to go outside and play again, you know what I mean? Like, when they, yeah. when, when they say, okay, we kind of have this somewhat of a control, there could be events, but, I mean, I guess I'm just going to kind of go with the flow of traffic, I guess, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's really the, the the most honest answer that I can give. You know, yeah, it's that makes like sense. whenever I can, because you know, it's funny you ask me that because this one friend of mine, there is one thing that, like, so let's say if in the next two or three weeks they're like, okay, we're gonna open up the bars back up again, but you can only let in X amount of people. And then, you know, there's going to, because everybody's not eager to do stuff. So the lines are going to probably be wrapped around the corner to go into a vet, you know, to do things. Right. And they're like, Oh, you know, well, we'll, we'll, we'll let uh 50 people in for every hour and a half. And then we'll rotate it. Honestly, man, like I have no interest in that because to me, for that, I'd just rather sit home and drink. Cause if you want to go to a bar or go to a lounge, or like, I don't want to think about time. I go there to unwind, I chill, talk to my friends. But, I mean, I guess whenever they tell us it's okay to... We're not there yet, though. No, no, we're, t- <laughs> we're not going to be there. I, I don't we're believe it's probably, like, the end of the year, but, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's going to be so, a while. Yeah, you know? So, yeah. Hang in there, man. Keep making, keep making good music. Are you playing music at home? Oh, dude, 1,000, 1 trillion percent, man. Like, every, anything from, like, you know, obviously, guitar is always my main focus, but I uh, have been definitely um, trying to focus on other instruments that I never really got the chance to really indulge in because we've just been so crazy in our lives, like the banjo, the bass guitar, the mandolin, those are things that I've always had interest in, and I own a few of all of those, but I've really been playing a lot of uh, a lot of bass, to be honest with you, which has been a lot of fun and kills a lot of time, and yeah. that and watching horror movies. That oh, watching nice. horror movies, drinking wine, and having sex, you know. But <laughs> nice, that's a good, that's a good plan, man. That's a yeah, good quarantine you know? schedule, right there. Yeah. Yo, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question because I've been asking this to everybody since the Tiger King thing. Like, let, put the Tiger King thing to a side, right? Would you, in your own right, like, let's say if you, your wife, and kids are on vacation, right? And they're like, oh, look, there's this cat sanctuary. Can, right, would you right. do that? Would you go up to a fucking tiger and hug him and no. let him lick you and kiss you and? I would never in a million years, bro. It's funny that you say that because my wife, when we were watching it, my wife was like, who the fuck are these people that go and do this shit? Like what? Yeah. You got to know something is very wrong with this. Like from the right. whole, all the way around, like something's very wrong right. with this. And and, and that, that that's what's crazy about it. Even again, putting Tiger King to a side, like forgetting about the show for a quick second, like, just in general, you can go to like places and do that. And like, yeah. and I'm like, yo, man, listen, I get it. Those animals are big and they're beautiful. And like, to go to the zoo or a safari and be like, oh shit, look, wow, that's kind of cool. It's a fucking cheetah. But like, it's a, like, dude, at the end of the day, it's a fucking wild animal, bro. Like, if that thing has a flashback or it gets, gets fatigued, it's gonna rip your face off, bro. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They're so, oh, he's so cute. And look, they're cuddly. Never, bro. You couldn't pay me enough money to do that shit, bro. You couldn't. 
you just fucking couldn't, bro. You know what I mean? But like, you know, like I always thought the idea of like domesticating a little chimp would be cool. You know what I mean? You teach him how to like hand out you and smoke weed and drink beers. You know, I'm a musician. I'm loud. I want to play with all these instruments and make all these noises. She yeah. has to be on her computer. And I thought that it was, it was like a make or break deal. But like, we just kind of made the decision that like, hey, man, we just have to kind of work around each other and make this work. And it's like, I mean, dude, honestly, in the three and a half weeks that we've been quarantined, yo, we have not had one fight. That's not one. so good. I'm so glad to hear a that. A few bickered moments, but yeah. not one fight. That's bro. awesome. It's crazy. It's bizarre. Sorry, but that's great, hey, man. You know, glad to hear what that. What are you gonna do? That's cool. Word, man. and she's enjoying all the disco. She's enjoying all the disco bass playing. So that's cool. You know. <laughs> that's good, man. Great, brother. Always right, talk. Well. Always great talking well, to you, my man. Right, you know, talk to you soon. definitely. Take care, man. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. So what's the time? It's time to get ill. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're on Pierre Pressure. So, Wendy, you live in yes. Cariacou. Where is that? I do. Cariacou is a um, small island in the Southern Caribbean, and it is one of the three islands that makes up the nation of Grenada. Grenada being the main island with a population of about 110,000. And Cariacou, a sister island, has a population of about 9,500. And then going down the chain, um, there's a little tiny island called Pity Martinique, just a couple of miles from us, and it has a population of 900. So it's a small group. So you're quarantined on Caracou, which you said is 9,000 people? Yeah, 9,500. Yeah. I just looked it up a few days ago. Um, Yes, and um, I think to use the correct terminology, we're not actually quarantined, but we um, we are on a very severe lockdown as of a week ago. There are yes. no cases um, on Karikou, thank goodness. But there, um, as of March 16th, the first uh, coronavirus case was um, uh, identified on, on Grenada. And okay. um, there are now 12 cases on Grenada. Oh, all, wow. I think all of them stemming from so-called patient zero. But they're all, all these people are recovering. Oh, wow. um, no one, no fatality. But the Grenadian government first instituted a um, kind of soft shelter in place but it was pretty soft and yeah. people were out gallivanting about and um they uh took it the government took a dim view of that and uh, as of a week ago made some what i would call draconian but much needed measures so everybody on the three islands are uh confined to their home you cannot leave your home for any reason except a medical emergency or grocery shopping and that's only available three days a week monday to friday from eight to twelve that's incredible. No, yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, and it's so, pretty how strict. do they enforce that? Are there? Well, can you get a ticket or something? Um, well, do you need have, a permission they, slip or something? Yeah, um, on on Grenada, like the first day, there were a hundred people arrested. Wow. I'm not sure they're for for disobeying the the law. Um, and here, um, well, I can just give you an example. My husband and I went together yesterday to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. On its open, limited opening hours, and the two of us were in the car, and a policeman stopped us and said, um, "Only one person from is allowed in a car at a time." Wow! So yeah, so they're they're, they're really watching. taking it because there are zero there are zero cases on your zero island. Zero cases. So it's zero really cases. a it's a perfect 
test case of how to keep things confined. It really is. It really is. So just as of the uh, first lockdown was seven days and that expired yesterday, but they immediately reinstituted it for another two weeks. Wow. Um, and you're literally not supposed to leave your home, not to go for a walk, not to go swim, nothing, stay home. So and, it's like the, um, the police will question you, and then if you don't oh, have yes. a good if you don't have a good uh, st- good reason, yep. they'll just send you home. And do the people of Kariku, um are they going along with this pretty peacefully? Like, is it okay with them? I, I don't know what the general mood is like that in terms of um, having the I, government tell you what to do. Well, one of my, <laughs> one of my neighbors and friends said to me, "Telling Grenadians what to do is like herding cats. Yeah, they don't like to be told what to do. Sure, they want to. You know, everybody wants to do. And I think it's human nature. You want to do what you want to do." Um, but I think at this point is, is in my limited observation, because I've only been out once in the last week that people are obeying the law. Another interesting factoid, um, to go to the grocery store, you're not allowed inside without a mask. Oh, that's um, good. And I arrived, I arrived not knowing that, uh, but a kind policeman pulled one out of his pocket for me and I was able to go inside. Okay. But again, the, the, the measures are very strict and I certainly support them. And another funny thing, like specific to where you're living is that there are people, it's a big tourist destination. There are people in yachts that show up, right? That have been sailing yes. around the world. And so yes. that I guess is no, 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 that's a no go now, right? It's an absolute no, no. They are not, uh, yachties as we call them are not <clears throat> permitted to come ashore for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. And, uh, before this, strict lockdown even um i was at a i walked into a restaurant one night and the uh, waitress came running up to me and she asked if i'd come from a yacht and i said no and she said well you can come in you can come in then but again you know the even the restaurants were being alert and all the beaches are closed like no one can swim or do any of that fun stuff no one can swim and um as an avid swimmer who goes every single day i'm finding that the only really confining thing and i longingly look at the sea right in front of my eyes and know that i can't go in for at least two more two more weeks that seems but odd. Again, i wonder what the point of that is because it seems like being in the ocean would be a great way to a great place to be and to be risk-free i know my 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 brother who lives in los angeles said the same thing but santa monica beach is closed oh. i think it you know to get to the beach you have to in, interact with people and um uh you're out in public and you're not allowed to be out in public I see. so um that's the story about swimming well thanks wendy stay Stay safe and healthy. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a glimpse into Grenada lockdown, not quarantine. Oh, my pleasure, Pierre. Jonathan. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, you know, not bad, not bad. Doing okay. uh, all things all things considered, doing okay. What about you guys doing okay up there? Yes, doing fine. Everyone's vid free so far. <laughs> the vid. The vid. Are you avoiding the vid? Uh, I've had a lot of vid... Uh, vid exposure i just came off of uh like redeployment as it's been called by people who don't usually take care of you know people with respiratory disease or illness redeployed on a sort of 
COVID ICU. Wow. Service. Okay. So explain. So, um, so explain from yeah, the beginning. So you're a cardiologist. You're a cardiologist. So I don't, and I mainly do uh, within cardiology. I mainly do research. So right. You know, about three quarters of my time is spent doing clinical trials, figuring out like you know ways or medicines or strategies to take care of people with heart disease and mm -hmm. with various you know subgroups of that so let's say people with heart disease and diabetes um and then i do you know the remaining quarter or whatever i do some clinical work so some stuff taking care of people with heart disease in the hospital or in you know cardiac focused intensive care units or i do some sort of tests for people with heart disease Okay. Um, but now a lot of that has changed because all of basically what hospitals are doing is taking care of people with COVID infections and wow. severe, severe lung, you know, respiratory issues related to that. Right. And so, so your hospital said you, you are coming in, you, we need you, you got to come in and be like, who deployed you? They, who's, yeah. So authority? It, it, it's sort of the the um, chairman of the Department of Medicine and my division chair, you know, the subgroup within the Department of Medicine, the Division of Cardiology basically said, put out a call for sort of volunteers to say, look, you know, we need people to help out on the inpatient side because the normal sort of finite group of people that would focus on taking care of people with uh, respiratory issues or, you know, the general medical illnesses on the, the hospital floors are overwhelmed because they're now more patients and not, you know, more beds and more need. And some of those care providers have themselves gotten sick and are out sure. for some amount of time. Mm. And so we started, you know, various services, other branches in medicine started helping out sort of on this effort, quote unquote, to to take care of all these people with COVID infections. Wow, and is it voluntary? You, you mentioned volunteer. Yeah, I mean, it's volunteer in the sense that um, if you have um, uh, medical issues um, that put you in, in, a, in the high-risk category, uh, then like you wouldn't be asked to sort of be redeployed or if you have, you know, someone in family your family, members. right. Yeah, I mean, like, so there are certain and there are people who don't, you know, because I'm relatively young and, you know, trained relatively recently, you know, I may be more comfortable switching over to take care of people that are sort of outside of what I usually do um, than I did three years of internal medicine residency. So taking right. care of patients with respiratory problems is not unfamiliar I to see. me or managing people that are you know, that need to be on a ventilator is not something that is too far outside of what I normally do. Although, you know, it's not my day to day when there's not a, you know, epidemic of COVID infection. Yeah. So what's the situation uh, like at the hospital? I mean, with day to day, so you've been back, you've been in there, like on the front lines. Yep. I started on sort of the intensive care, step down service. Step down is like the people that are just on the border of needing to be in the intensive care unit uh, or need to be on a ventilator. Right. And I, I just came off of that service this week. 
Um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird mix of, um, ex, you know, being sort of exhilarating for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. uh, terrifying and also sort of helplessness, helpless feeling in a way, because there's not much that has been shown to be really beneficial if you're getting very sick from mm -hmm. oh, this viral infection. So there's all sorts of stuff that's been thrown around and and there's some things that we're rolling out in clinical trials. I happen to, to know from Donald Trump that quinolonamontone or whatever it is really yeah, hydroxy hydroxychloroquine yeah right that that's the, exactly that's the example or the combo of vitamin c and water or something correct and there's some evident you know some what we call anecdotal or really weak evidence mm -hmm. of using you know let's say the you know combinations of hydroxychloroquine with a common antibiotic called azithromycin mm -hmm. and a zinc supplement and some also really weak evidence again a more anecdotal right it's the stories of like i did this and i right. got better so therefore what i study. did made me better test. no right. right it's not really how we can make sure that what we're doing uh, works, works and and not only works and is also safe right, right. That's a, especially a concern vitamin c is pretty safe because if you take a lot of it you're just going to pee it out right yeah it's it's water soluble but if you things like hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin do have effects on the electrical system of the heart hmm. especially for people who may have some abnormalities at baseline and therefore you start really thinking about risk and benefit right yeah. So any, anyhow, make a long story short, we're doing a lot of stuff and that, you know, some uh, may help and some doesn't appear to really help. And we don't really know. And oftentimes it's it's sort of tincture of time. You know, people are getting oxygen support of various amounts and intensity and often need to be on ventilators. And and when that happens, people can get really sick and and. Um, you know, it's it it uh, it's sobering. I mean, it's something we were woefully uh, underprepared, you know, unprepared for. And to say nothing of all the larger, you know, issues with testing and yeah. public health investment and disaster preparedness, um, um, it's it's been pretty it's been pretty bad and pretty sobering. Dang. Well, so from a layman's perspective, we just yeah. kind of hear that there's not enough ventilators. Like these ventilators seem to be these magic things that no, no one really knows what they are, but they can save your life, I guess. So yeah, this is so, me being complete layman. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, I, it's, so a ventilator, big picture, is mm -hmm. a, a machine that breathes for you. Yeah. You need to be basically asleep because it's very uncomfortable. Mm. And, and this is done when you have a tube in your throat that mm. basically blows air at a certain amount of pressure depending on how your lungs are working with a certain percentage of oxygen into your lungs because you're not able to breathe sufficiently for yourself either mm. because your lungs are really angry and inflamed because you you're reacting very strongly to this virus or for lots of other reasons mm -hmm. but it's basically like a very you know, very high performing air pump that you can, you can adjust multiple parameters on and mm -hmm. change so that you provide someone with the oxygen they need to support life. Right. Yeah. 
And, and so now ventilators are, you know, it's been a really a big moving target because, you know, we have seen that there's, as the numbers of people have grown that are getting infected have grown and a percentage, albeit small, but even when you think about numbers, if, if let's say that there are 200,000 people in the New York City area in the five boroughs that get infected. And if 5% of those need to be in an ICU or need a ventilator, Mm -hmm. you know, that is 10,000 ICU beds or 10,000 ventilators that we don't have, right? I mean, we may be closer to that capacity now, Mm. but, and people aren't going on ventilators for a day or two. They're going on ventilators for a week. Wow or much longer, you know, and, and they need a lot of time on the ventilator and often need what's called a tracheostomy to help them get off of the ventilator because having a tube in your throat, you know, adjacent to your lungs for so long can do lots of damage. So it's not, it's, it's, you know, terrible. It can be a terrible course and a terrible illness. um, A lot of times for people who really need the respiratory support. Mm. And so what's really fascinating now is that when somebody's got, um, when somebody's had it and, and gotten through it, they seem to have immunity or seem to be immune right. to it. That's, that's the big question. Like, what is that? I mean, is that really, a, yeah. you know, is well, that really the case? Is that, yep. you know? So it, that's a really good, that's a really good question. I mean, we don't, part of it is we don't really know. And the way it works normally, right, is you either are exposed to something and you, your body makes what are called antibodies sure. to that infection, to that virus. And that's when you, when you get your immunity measured, when you go to the doctor and let's say they want to make sure that you're immune to chickenpox or diphtheria or mumps, what they measure are titers, levels mm-hmm. of antibodies that your body has made in response to either the infection or to a vaccine, mm-hmm. right? And your body will make a, a, a response that is generated that diminishes over time but is sort of a memory memory right. cells or evidence of memory in your body that shows that you're primed and ready to fight off that infection if you see it again mm-hmm. right compared to someone who's never seen it so the same thing appears to happen but we don't really know the details of it appears to happen for people who get coronavirus but yeah. recover yeah they have but the question is like to what degree do you recover and are your levels or titers of antibodies uh, equally protective in all people or are there some people who continue can continue to spread this virus despite having recovered from it and having some level of immunity and there are lots of questions we don't know that's one question Um, the other question was is it possible to get it twice you know can you get it get over it and then get it again if you get a higher viral load as they've been talking about well so that so it's an interesting question right and 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 a lot of times people have been comparing this or thinking about this in relationship to you know usual infections with the flu with influenza yeah and so the what happens with the flu the reason why you can get the flu again is because the virus changes right and strains of the flu change from year to year Mm -hmm. and thus far there doesn't appear to be a significant rate of change in this in this virus meaning if you are infected now and you get over it it looks like you're immune currently 
right? That you're, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, they haven't seen lots of reinfections, Mm -hmm. uh, if any. Um, But that's part of the reason why it's really important to test and why some of the testing protocols have been really fraught with a lot of confusion and debate because, you know, it's hard to know if you tell someone, if you have symptoms consistent with COVID infection and you're otherwise well, meaning you're breathing okay, but you feel like crap and you have a fever, mm-hmm. you know, don't come in and get tested because you're gonna it's not going it. to change how you're managed. But it is going to change how we think about potentially immunity yeah. and immunity in the population. I mean, and right, and, for- and it just raises a lot of really thorny issues with regards to resource allocation and testing and, you know, prioritization of, of things that are proving really limited. So now the question everyone asks a million times a day, how do we get out of this mess? So testing is one. And then I guess trying to find a a vaccine is what everyone's trying to do. But are there any other other interim ways to like start to dig ourselves out of this hole? Yeah. So it's so, you know, the vaccine is a big will be a big accomplishment if and when it's developed. But it's going to take a long time. And I'm not a vaccine scientist. I mean, this is, you know, a year, 18 months away, I think, um, you know, and in 40 years time, you'll have people refusing to get a coronavirus or a COVID virus vaccine. They'll say, yeah, right. Because the same reason people say that they don't want to get a flu vaccine because they've never experienced the harms firsthand. So like, Right. You know, I guess maybe for our children's children or something, yeah. um, because my kids are certainly tweaked enough by all of this bullshit. Right. Um, mine too. Yeah. They're going to take the vaccine. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's, but so you can see though, right. There's certain thresholds of safety and, and efficacy and effectiveness that'll need to be demonstrated. Yeah. Um, so the virus, you know, the vaccine is one. And that's why policies of social distancing. So it gets it gets a little controversial, right? Because on some level, the reason why vaccines work in large measure is because of something called herd immunity. Right. And if you vaccinate a large amount of the population, the people that don't get vaccinated, either because they can't or won't, there's still a low enough risk that if someone gets infected, it doesn't spread more widely. Okay. Now what social distancing is doing is slowing the burden mm-hmm. of hospital admissions and ICU level care. Mm-hmm. But it also is paradoxically slowing the development of herd immunity, which right. we will need to move forward with this, with this fire, with, you know, recovery and, and, and a path forward short of a vaccine. So it's, it's really, it's tricky. I mean, it's it not, is because you get the sense that like, I know I know a bunch of people who've had it and 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 you know they it kind of sucked but it wasn't terrible and they're okay they're alive. Right. You kind of feel like well at some point is anyone going to be like well okay um, I want a really mellow case of it but I mean that is right. a vaccine I guess you can't right. I mean you can't self vaccinate but it seems like people are going to need to do that no and but it, listen in our lifetimes what our my parents did and yeah. yours might have as well is like when. There were some kids when I was like, I don't oh, know, yeah. two or three or something that had the chicken pox. Yeah. yeah. You were brought over and you got the chicken pox, right? That's happened like, to me. Were, yeah. Same thing. Right. So there were, there were like chicken pox parties and people have started, you know, sort of saying that using that analogy mm-hmm. or that same sort of structure to think about coronavirus. But I think that's 
for COVID, it's it's too dangerous. It's yeah, it's particularly dangerous because while you're right, the majority of people, you know, thankfully, the large majority of people without any medical problems mm-hmm. will get a, a, a relatively mild self-limited illness. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't know. We we're not outside of that. There are some pockets of young people. The percentage is low that get really sick and we don't understand why that is. Right. right? So it, you know, then you're, it just starts treading in a direction that you, you're, we get chicken pox, you know, the worst cases. Yes. There are rare cases of people getting very sick from chicken pox, but that's exceedingly rare. Right. Um, So I, you know, it, it, it's a tricky we're not there yet. I mean, it I, sounds like, I mean, no, we're not there no. yet, but that may be, I mean, that may be a thing that happens, right? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, if, if you could better identify people who had a very, very, you know, an acceptably low risk of mm-hmm. any significant infection, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you could, you could maybe, you could maybe craft some, but I, I just, I, you know, again, I, I don't think we're there yet. It, it's and I don't know. I don't think we ever will be because it would take a level of sort of societal agreement and cohesion that you know I don't see any evidence that we're willing to do um, right. or to have. Uh, you yeah. know. So, but it is. It's. It's. It, it. There is a sense of you know. Well, where are we going to be after all of this? And right. And um, how, how is there going? <laughs> right. What is a new? Where Where are we going to be as a normal? Like what is normalcy or reality going to look like after this and it's really hard to predict yeah, uh, I don't it's hard know. to envision right now it's been you know about I know. a month i guess for us as yeah. americans as for intense social distancing so it's pretty new still i know and it's and you know to say something about like our kids going back to school i mean like i know i it's, it's when just, how yeah i know i mean I, know. I work in events you know like with, with, yeah in spaces with you know a hundred to a thousand people. people. Yeah. People, right. Are together. Right. Yeah. So. And when are we going to, exactly. And I, how are, how are we going to do back that to again? Point? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I know. I know. And there, the economic ramifications of this are, are enormous. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly mind blowing. It's like. Like you can't take it on psychologically because there's no like we have to just go through it because <laughs> to try yeah. to try to like right. find a solution to it in your mind is is overwhelming and just makes you want to lay lay down in fetal position into your bed or something. <laughs> I I, to- <laughs> I totally agree. I you know it's it's a sense of like we're living through what feels like or being told that this is some you know apocryphal or or epoch changing period and. I think it's true, but yeah, yeah, at the same time, you still have to like get up and brush your teeth, and, right. like do laundry. Like I know, you know it's, it's really like, bizarre. You just go really, through it. Yeah, yeah, it it's really bizarre. I agree. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for all that really good information. It's a lot to think about. Th- thanks, Pierre. It, it's I'm anytime I'm happy to to talk about this sort of stuff and and thanks share, so much for for yeah. your work that you're doing to help people. It's really appreciated, honestly. <laughs> Oh, thanks. I on it. There are people doing way, way more than I am. I, I played a very small role, um, but you know, it's it's all really difficult time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You too. I think my
Thank you so much for listening to part two of the special pandemic episode of Peer Peer Pressure Pressure Podcast. I want to thank all the people who were interviewed in this episode, and I want to tell everyone to hang in there. We will get through this. We will get out of it, and I think there will be some improvements in our society from this. I think it's going to make things better for all of us in some ways. And I can't thank the essential workers enough who are out there risking their health to keep things going, keep grocery stores going and hospitals and doctor's offices and the firemen and the policemen and all the workers who need to go to work and can't stop even though this is happening. And eventually we will all go back to work and let's go back to work in a way that makes more sense for all of us. I think there's a lot of jobs that don't exist anymore that maybe don't need to exist. Maybe we don't need so many uh you know, marketing professionals and influencers. Let's get back to the basics, you know. Be well, everybody. Stay healthy. And I don't know how long this pandemic's going to last, but I will start doing some other interviews with musicians, possibly still on the phone. So stay tuned for that. And please subscribe to my podcast. Tell your friends about it. Like it. And go to pierredeguyon.com to find out about other music and other activities that I used to do before this all went down and hopefully we'll do again as we all will i look forward to hugging each and every single one of you in person from less than six feet away Salty. 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 Salty.